Hello, and welcome to the Clear Studies Podcast, where we're learning the word together. I am your host, Bishop A. Reginald Littman. I look forward to sharing today's teaching with you. Stay tuned. Welcome to yet another episode of the Clear Studies Podcast. I'm your host, Bishop A. Reginald Lippman, and it's always an incredible joy to share these times of teaching, growing, and learning with you, my wonderful audience. Today, we continue in our series on the life of Joseph, and we're talking about a simple subject entitled faithfulness, faithfulness. And it is based upon Genesis chapter 39, verse 7 through 23. I want to begin by reading just a few verses of this very long passage of scripture to kind of lay a foundation and background for the text at hand today. Genesis 39 and verse number 7 reads like this. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not, which means does not know, what is with me in the house. And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Verse 9. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? We find here an amazing story about the power of faithfulness that is displayed by the life of Joseph. I read a story recently about a young man who applied for a job as a farmhand. When the farmer asked for his qualifications, he said, Well, I can sleep when the wind blows. This puzzled the farmer, but he liked the young man and hired him anyway. A few days later, the farmer and his wife were awakened in the night by a violent storm. They quickly began to check things out to see if all was secure. They found that the shutters of the farmhouse had been securely fastened, a good supply of logs had been set next to the fireplace. The young man slept soundly. The farmer and his wife then inspected their property. They found that the farm tools had been placed in the storage shed, safe from the elements. The tractor had been moved into the garage. The barn was properly locked. Even the animals were calm. All was well. The farmer then understood the meaning of the young man's words, I can sleep when the wind blows because the farmhand did his work loyally and faithfully when the skies were clear. He was prepared for the storm when it broke. So when the wind blew, he was not afraid. He could sleep in peace. The story about the young farmhand that I just shared with you illustrates a principle that we would do well to learn. There was nothing dramatic or sensational in the young farmhand's preparation. He just faithfully did what was needed each day. Consequently, peace was his even in a storm. A short poem sort of expresses this principle as it pertains to your life. It goes like this. It isn't the things you do. It's the things you leave undone, which gives you a bit of heartache at the setting of the sun. 
When the sun is setting each day on Joseph's life, he could rest easy. Why? Because he was faithful. When he was home with his father, Jacob, he had been a faithful son. When he minded his father's flock, he had been a faithful worker. When he was sold to Potiphar, he proved to be a faithful servant. Because he had been faithful, the Lord blessed everything he did. In this passage, we are allowed to see the faithfulness of Joseph very clearly. He remains faithful to his God and to himself in the face of some problems that would cause many others to fail. Of course, there is a word here for our lives today. As we pass through this life, many situations will arise that have potential to throw us off course. The world, the flesh, and the devil will all conspire to get us to quit on God. They will do everything in their power to cause us to drop out or to fall far short of our potential. But God wants and expects for each of us to be faithful. He wants us to stay the course and run the race for his glory until he calls us home. And Joseph teaches us how to be faithful in spite of what we may face in this life. So I want to share with you about the necessity and the power of a faithful life and show you the areas in which Joseph was faithful to the Lord. He expects no less from you and me. So let's not disappoint him. When we look at verse 7 through 12 of Genesis 39, we see that Joseph was faithful in spite of temptations. Faithful in spite of temptations. Now, let's sort of set the context for this. Joseph was a good looking young man, according to verse 6. As Joseph ministered in Potiphar's house, he caught the eye of Potiphar's wife. She began to flirt with him in verse 7. After a short time, she became downright brazen in her approach, asking Joseph to quote-unquote lie with her. He refused her advances, but she persisted in verse number 10. Then on a certain day, she was in the house alone, and when Joseph came in, she grabbed him by his outer garments and said, lie with me, according to Genesis 39, 11, and 12. Joseph left his garment in her hand and ran away. And in this trial by fire, he remained absolutely faithful to the Lord. Now, let her be. There are several features of this temptation that would have made it very attractive to any young man. First of all, it was a temptation to fulfill a natural and legitimate need. The offer from Potiphar's wife was for sex, pure and simple. God made us sexual creatures, and many people believe that they have the right to satisfy their desires in any fashion that they choose. However, God has a very different opinion. Any expression of this sort that takes place outside of the boundaries of marriage is either fornication or adultery. And I know that we don't hear this type of teaching and talking in today's pulpits across America, but the word of God is still true, whether we choose to practice it or not. Either one is a sin against God, against your spouse and potentially against your future spouse 
or even yourself. Now, Joseph's response to Potiphar's wife was a response we should all adopt when it comes to dealing with sexual sin. We also see this fact that Joseph was a long way from home in a strange land. This would definitely be an attractive and alluring situation for him as a young man. Some people might have adopted the motto, when in Rome, do as the Romans. Or how about this one? What happens in Egypt stays in Egypt. A lot of people live like that, don't they? A salesman might do things on the road that he would not do in his own hometown. A young person will do things at a party that they would not do at home. Joseph did not care where he was. He was determined to do the right thing wherever he was. He refused to violate the trust of his master. And we see that in Genesis 39, 9. And he refused to violate the trust of God. His family would have never known. Potiphar might have never found out. But Joseph knew that God in heaven would know because he sees and he knows all things. And that knowledge was enough to keep him pure. Now, Mrs. Potiphar was surely a beautiful woman. This would also add to the allure of this, shall we say, indecent proposal. Egyptian women were renowned in that day for their physical beauty. Remember, cosmetics and even mathematics actually stemmed from the land of Egypt. Surely she would have appealed to the male in Joseph. And nowhere in the text does it say that he was repulsed by her appearance. Nowhere does it suggest that she was an unattractive woman. Had he given in to her advances, there can be little doubt that it would have been an enjoyable experience, at least physically, but not spiritually. However, Joseph was interested in more than simply gratifying his flesh. He was determined to be faithful to God regardless of the personal cost. It was a decision he made long before he arrived in Egypt, and it was a decision that he was determined to stand by. Joseph had some conviction, and he had drawn himself some boundaries. As I mentioned in the previous session, we need to do the same thing. Then when times of temptation come our way, there is no choice in the matter. We have already decided what we will and what we won't do. There's another interesting tidbit about the timing of this situation that occurred. It came on the heels of a big promotion. A lot of people would assume that they had arrived at this point. I mean, after all, Joseph had the Midas touch. He had the favor of Potiphar. He was the king of the roost at the big house. He did as he pleased. Some people might have concluded, I can do no wrong. I might as well enjoy the fruit of my labor. But not Joseph. It would do us well to remember that we are never more vulnerable to temptation than when we have just enjoyed a great victory. 
When we have been a part of a great victory, we seem to feel like we can do anything. We are invincible. In those moments, temptation and failure are more real than ever. And then there's another interesting turn of events concerning this alluring opportunity that Joseph managed so well. Potiphar's wife caught Joseph when there was no physical reason why they should not and could not commit adultery. And it came at the perfect time and opportunity. The only thing that stopped them was Joseph's integrity. When you read the story, you'll discover that no one was in the house, that she had very cunningly arranged for Joseph to be in the house alone with her. But Joseph stood his ground, determined to do what was right, regardless of the cost. We need to remember that our enemy is a master at setting things up, particularly if those things are designed for our failure. He will put us in just the right places at just the right times and even with just the right people. He will make sin look so innocent, so easy. He will make it seem that we are a fool to refuse him or her. I would remind you that all Satan's apples have worms. I would also remind you that the opportunities he gives you to sin will lead to disappointment, disillusionment, and discouragement, and possibly even death. So as we approach letter C on our outline now, let me make a statement or two about the matter of temptation. First, we need to understand from James 1 and 13 that temptation is never coming from God. Secondly, we need to understand based on James 1, 14 and 15, that temptation is always an interior situation, meaning temptation oozes from the inside to the outside. Temptation is always from within. Thirdly, we understand from 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, that there is always a way out of temptation. There is always a way for us to be faithful. There is always a way of escape with every temptation that we face. So how do we get out of temptation and remain faithful as Joseph did? Well, A, deal with it immediately. And by that, I simply mean, in the words of Barney Fife, nip it in the bud. That means don't allow it to linger. Don't think about it. Don't procrastinate on it. Don't deliberate on it. Don't mull it over. But the instant that temptation shows its ugly head, nip it immediately. B, deal with it realistically. What do we mean by dealing with it realistically? Get away from it at all cost. You never know when you're going to be tempted 
And you may feel as if you are stronger than the temptation, but enough exposure to the right thing at the wrong time will make right seem wrong. And so you have to be realistic in dealing with temptation by getting away from it at all cost. C. Deal with it ruthlessly. Deal with it ruthlessly. Now, what do I mean by deal with it ruthlessly? Do whatever it takes to avoid it. If you think about a person who is ruthless, it means that they are uncouth, that they absolutely have a motive in mind. Their mind is set on what's going to happen. And ruthlessness always has to do with an intentional deliberateness to do something, a determination. And so you have to do whatever it takes to avoid temptation. And then D, deal with it consistently, consistently deal with it. Learn to be consistent in your resistance. Practice saying no. <laughs> and the more you practice, the better you will get at it. And then finally, E, deal with it confidently. Now, we have the Lord's great promise that God will make a way of escape. Just be sure you look for that way of escape. That's 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. And that word escape means to egress or to have a way out. It was used in ancient Greece to refer to a landing place for a ship. God will give us a way out of the rough seas of temptation. And those temptations that we cannot escape, he will enable us to bear them. And God promises to us that while temptations will come our way, he will enable us to land safely on the other side of that temptation. Finally, letter D, the main reason why Joseph was able to remain faithful in the day of salvation was because he saw sin for what it really was. He did not see it as a few moments of pleasure. He did not see it as his right he did not see it even as an option. Joseph saw sin as an affront to the almighty God. And that's what he said. I cannot sin against God. I cannot sin against your husband. So if you want to successfully navigate the troubled waters of temptation, then learn to see sin for what it really is. It is not a mistake. It is wickedness. It's not an affair. It's adultery. It's not an alternative lifestyle. It is an abomination. It is not a slip of the tongue. It's blasphemy. It's not just an abortion. It's murder. Sin is a shame in any life that is especially true when it's the life of a Christian. Joseph was faithful in spite of temptations. I don't know about you, but I want to finish my life well. How about you? I would like to be able to say what the Apostle Paul once said in 2 Timothy 4 and 7. I fought a good fight and I finished my course. I have kept the faith and we have to be faithful. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's session as much as I enjoyed delivering it to you. Make sure that you join my e-class by sending an email to clearstudies at gmail.com. Again, that's clearstudies at gmail.com. And we will welcome you into our e-class where you'll receive free colorful PDF handouts 
That includes great discovery questions to help you to internalize the message and apply it to your everyday life. Join our e-class. We look forward to sharing with you. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to follow the podcast, subscribe, make a comment, share it with somebody you love. Well, God bless you. This is Bishop Lemon with Clear Studies. Talk to you in the next episode.